This is Sportsbeat Extra. Welcome to this week's Sportsbeat Extra. You seem to be getting longer by the week, so I won't waste your time. Jonathan Olds from the Kilkenny Foot Golf is on to discuss one of Ireland's newest competitive sports. The incredible story of the Wexford Eagles features on this month's Club Focus. But first, we look at Wexford FC as they begin their League of Ireland season next Friday. I chat to manager Brian O'Sullivan, but first to Ray Noonan with the new bypass plans for the N11, putting Ferry Carrick Park in jeopardy. Look, I suppose the, the, this has been in gestation for some time, the extension down to, to bring the N11 down, all the way to Rosslare Harbour. And uh, about 10 years ago, they went through a similar consultation process, uh, which they nominated about seven or eight different routes. And a route was decided upon at that stage. Uh, and unfortunately, it ran across uh, the, the, one of the, the, the top end of our second pitch so effectively, it would reduce our playing, our, our grass playing facilities from two pitches to one. Um, it was falling in as part of a 300 meter exclusion area that the council had nominated that the uh, to, that, that the route was going to uh, form part of. So um, that was bad news um, for us, but nothing really happened. And I think at the time, you know, given the, the, the public finances, uh, I, I think it slipped down the list of priorities. Uh, and it's now come back on the agenda again. Uh, uh, so they're running, because of the, the passage of time, they're running a similar process again. So now they have, again, nominated, I think, the same seven or eight routes. Uh, and we've all received our, our um, consultation uh, brochure, uh, which shows them. And uh, I suppose what we're trying to do now is that we have a fantastic community out there in Ferry Carrick Park. Um, we've, at this stage, we've seven League of Ireland teams between men and women, boys and girls. Um, it's also the location for all the Wexford League Cup finals and representative matches. So. Hopefully most of the uh, football-loving population of Wexford get some use out of the place during the year. Uh, we regard it as a very important community. A lot of money was put into it. Um, and we simply couldn't afford to lose uh, one of our pitches because mm. of, of the, uh, the volume of, of traffic we have now. Um, um, what, what um, sorry Ray, what actual, what is, the, I know the, the routes have different um, character assignments, so what's the actual route in question yeah, that goes through? Yeah, good good question Kevin, it's route C is, is the one that was uh, uh, originally decided on and that's, it's, it's there again, uh, and that's the one that, that, uh, uh, that affects our, our second pitch. There's also route B which um, comes the other side of the stadium, uh, in, in, in the existing N11 side, I think Route B is, exist, is, is pretty much an extension or a widening of the existing road, and that would remove a lot of our, of our, our weather pitches, uh, astro pitches, uh, um, uh, and possibly impinge on our, our main pitch as well. So, routes B and C are, are the ones that would would, would uh, cause us problems, uh, and there we're preparing a submission to go into the county council in time for the the, the their deadline of the. Third of August, I think, and we've got a, a petition that we're asking people to sign if they value the amenity to try and support to, to support us and hopefully um, persuade the council to, to take a different route. Is there any word should those routes go ahead? Like, will there be any money made available to the club to try and reorganise the facility in terms of being able to get a second pitch in? Because it does you, seem you, mad that yeah. you know, like you 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 often have two two teams playing on in the same day. I remember. 
coming down for, for matches and yeah. the senior team might be on and the, the 17s and 19s might be playing on the same day um, right, yeah. and it seems strange that it's going to you know rid um, kind of I suppose young people particularly um, of an opportunity to, to represent Wexford and to represent the county in the, in the League of Ireland Absolutely. Um, now, I think the normal process is that the, 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 the land that's in the, on the route would be subject to compulsive, compulsory purchase orders mm. uh, by the council. So, uh, and I think they would be obliged to, to um, compensate affected parties, um, I think, to, to possibly restore uh, the facility that they have to, uh, in an, another location. But having a second pitch somewhere removed from Ferry Carrick Park, uh, I mean, we'd need separate you know, dressing rooms, facilities, etc. It mm. would be a lot of unnecessary cost, and we want to keep the whole thing together. It's, 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 it gets very messy when you're operating out of a few locations. So um, it's important to us to keep it together, you know. So, yeah, no, there would definitely be some form of compensation, um, but at the same time, the disruption and the, the, the split of the club, which would likely to happen would 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 be a, a very uh, negative development from our perspective yeah, and I suppose, look, um, as you say, a great public asset and largely, uh, if not all, funded by private money, so it didn't cost the state a cent to to, um, to get in the first place. Um, I suppose, Ray, just finally, um, you know, people, as you say, people can sign that petition. Um, local people who are interested in, in, in trying to help um, kind of save ferry carrying from, from a compulsory purchase order, what, what else can people do to try and uh, help? That's the main thing, um, Kevin. We, we, we hope to support our submission with the, with the petition. Um, our original target was to get 500 signatures, and hopefully we're, we're well on the way. We're, we're over 400, and we'll, we'll, we'll reach that. But we want to push it up as high as we can. So if people feel that, that it's, it's, a, it's a, 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 a public asset worth protecting, then we very much welcome them to just simply go on to the, the web link is change.org forward slash ferry carry park. And it's a fairly simple process just to sign up to the petition. And we'd really appreciate if, if people would, would, would do that. And we'd run up the numbers as far as we can to try and uh, 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 persuade the powers that be. Pretty good pre-season thus far. Um, uh, obviously, a 4-1 defeat against uh, Shamrock Rovers. Connor English with the goal, but a good second-half performance in that one um, particularly. But uh, I suppose, look, a 1-0 win over Cork City. It wasn't so long ago that they were they were Premier Division champions. So, uh, brilliant to get a win over them, even if it is pre-season. Yeah, look, it was a good performance. It was the, the most recent thing uh, for us when we went down there. Look, look the uh, result was a big boost as well. It gives lads a lot of confidence going into it going into other games then but I just say from Cork's point of view they're they're still getting bodies in over the line, you know, so they're they're, they're not done um they're not done getting all the players in. So I presume they'd be a lot stronger now when the season starts off. Like but no, look it was pleasing. Um, I suppose how's the situation in terms of your squad because there's a lot of teams speaking of uh, Cork City are saying uh, like they have a lot of loanee players a lot of players from abroad it makes it a little bit more complicated for them uh, in terms of your squad um, has there been any kind of casualties to the coronavirus uh, in terms of uh, changing squad or or how are you pretty much with the same group they had at the start of the season yeah look I suppose um I suppose Paul Cleary's gone back to St. Pat's he is and I'm not sure whether we're going to get him back because if you look at the Premier League fixtures I think they have five games in 15 days so Stephen I presume would be worried about picking up injuries so we'd need to be covered there so but look it's not that in the water we'd hope to get him back and then one or two, two lads then um, they've come to me recently and uh, they just can't get time off work now they're just uh, flat out at work so 
they're probably going to have to take a step back um, because they're working evenings, it's clashing with training, they can't get off for the games. So, you know, so we're down a couple of bodies. But look, we're, we're hopeful now we'll get new bodies in over the line this week as well. We just need to, the paperwork to go through before we can announce them. One is Jane Wozni, he was with Pat and he, he's back from hearts. He is so... Uh, he, he, he signed for us last night, so the paperwork's just gone in through the FBI. And then just uh, another player then that was played with us last year, he was through the, with another League of Ireland club. We're, we're hoping to get that paperwork over the line then, and we can announce him then once that's done. Brian, how, how are you feeling yourself? I mean, it's a bit of a strange situation because nobody knew what was going on, especially with the first division. Um, like, there was talks at one point that there wasn't going to be any promotion relegation and that the, the, the clubs were kind of free to participate in whatever way you want, like how how did you how was how was the feeling after that? Because really, that would have rendered the the first division essentially pointless um, if there was no promotion out of it. I suppose when the coronavirus uh, came in, like it was it was look as mentally tough on the players, um, not training, not playing games, something to love doing, you know. And then it's hard just to keep motivated, keep them training. Like we we were sending out session plans for them and training plans, and we were I suppose diet nutrition, we were pushing that hard. Uh, well with the training but uh, look it was, it was hard it was and then as we were coming near to getting back I suppose the, the uncertainty about it people didn't know whether the league was going to start wasn't it going to start what was going to happen you know but in fairness to Gary Owens and Noel Quinn they, they got it over the line you know I know a lot of people like to knock the FBI at, at every chance but to be fair to them look they got it over not everybody's happy I feel myself though there has to be promotion there has to be relegation because what's the point coming back then what's the point to clubs uh Paying players, you know, if they can't go up, like you know, so look at the first division point of view. I'm sure everyone's happy, but in the Premier, I'm sure there's a couple of lads disappointed down around the bottom that now might have to go into uh, into a playoff. Look, but I think, look, just on it, everyone has genuine concerns, and and look, it, it, it's all understandable. And the FBI just had to make a hard decision. Some are happy, as I said, some aren't happy, but look, we just have to live with it now and get on with it. And I suppose finally, Brian, um, first home game of the season is the following week home to Cavan Teeley. Uh, Friday the 7th of August with a quarter take kickoff. Um, do you think, uh, I know obviously crowds are still restricted until that August 10th date, which kind of puts that game out, but do you think um, the fact that, you know, there's such a different league season in terms of England now, they're going to be going on a break much later than they would otherwise, um, and people are kind of starved of, of live sport, do you think it presents a kind of a good opportunity for the League of Ireland to kind of say, look, you know, you can come out to the game, there's, there's live sport here, it's happening, um, you know, and it's kind of in that sweet spot before GA Championship starts but after the Premier League finishes Yeah look there's opportunities to come out of it most definitely you know and uh, but it does need to be pushed by the FBI and it needs to be marketed a lot better and a lot of investment has to go into it you know and it's probably a conversation for, for another day it is but um, look it's certainly an opportunity I know that there's links going up in line for, for clubs that uh, they can pay to watch games and stuff you know so a lot, there is a lot of good work going in, in, in the, the background but it's uh, only the tip of the iceberg is that a lot more investment has to go in a lot more marketing from, particularly from the FEI you know what I mean and uh, they have to help the league a little bit better I, I feel myself and uh, then we can start thinking about uh, bigger crowds coming in and, and, and stuff like that but look I think we're way off that point now is just for another day but Hopefully, when when we do start back up, the crowds come, are allowed to come back in as quick as possible, you know. And uh, we'll be playing in front of people, so uh, give the players a little bit of a lift. Award and look, you know, we, we we played in a couple of games behind closed doors. There's no one there. It is. It's a lot like a friendly, you know. It's it's it was hard to gauge, you know. There was no atmosphere at it, like so. But look, we just have to get ourselves up for it as well, you know. When we get out there and 
not use that as an excuse and as I said just get back to playing well and winning games hopefully Backing sport across the southeast. Beats Club Focus If you've been checking out our socials the last few days you'll have seen that Club Focus is back This month features the Wexford Eagles American football team who've seen such heartbreak over the last year losing clubman and best friend Billy Anderson I spoke to Kevin Clatt but first John Lynch on the club's incredible story to date Yeah so it was myself and a guy called Adder Girls we were actually training and playing with a club down where you're based, Waterford Wolves. We were traveling like an hour and a half each way to get there. So I think towards the end of the season, we just either kind of came up with the idea of why not try and see if we can, if it's feasible to start a club in Gory and in Wexford to try. There's no club between Waterford and Dublin. There's no club at all. So let's see if we can use that population grab and see, see if it's feasible. And we ran with it. Uh, just put up posters around Gory initially. We were initially called the Gory Eagles. But then we were advised by other teams to make sure to, to call ourselves the Wexford Eagles so no one can steal in and take the, take the county. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we went with that, put some posters up. Uh, luckily enough, like first off, it was a lot of friends and guys that we knew who had big interest in the sport came along and it built from there. Kevin came on board with us. Uh, and, yeah, we built a coaching staff. Built, we were training for well over a year probably by the time we actually played our first mm. game. Well... Just under a year, actually. We started training in June 2015, and we played our first game in May right. 2016, okay. I think, isn't it? May 1st. May 1st, 2016. Yeah. We have guys traveling from Tipperary to play on the team. We, you know, we, we, had, we had lads traveling from Waterford to play on the team. So, yeah, it's just it's a hugely popular sport in the country right now, and guys are keen to play it, and we're, we're keen to spread the word that the sport is played and they can access it. And that's the biggest thing for us. Yeah, I suppose you, you, you started the club at a time where, like, you know, NFL is so accessible now in Ireland. It's, it's on the TV all the time. Everybody kind of knows about it. Um, it's getting newspaper inches now, which is, which is great. Um, how, how much easier did it make for you in terms of recruiting and, and how much interest did you find from an Irish point of view? Because um, obviously uh, there's a lot of other sports like that. Australian rules tends to have mainly Aussies and then the Irish guys who are interested in it. But when it comes to, to American football, I imagine probably a bigger spread because more people have seen it and understood it absolutely it's it is a global sport now i know it's called american football but it is truly a global sport i think since starting the club it's kind of opened their eyes to it more and more of how like you know there's professional clubs within europe now and and there's like a, a gateway for the best players in europe to then make squads in the nfl and they're really like the nfl themselves are opening projects for that kind of thing so it's a very fashionable sport especially at the time it was really becoming incredibly fashionable when we started and we definitely, I suppose, rode that wave when it, when it happened. So, uh, yeah, we were lucky in a way, but we did have the graft to kind of make sure to get our name out there. Like, that was the biggest thing, exposure, exposure, exposure. And, and there's diff- still a lot of people that just still don't know we exist, you know, so. Yeah, and I, I, how was it difficult is it in terms of just getting equipment over? Because that's probably one of the biggest that's, financial outputs. Yeah, it, so, because it's not sold here, or at least if it's sold here, it's specialist. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's while it's quite an accessible sport to watch, it's not that accessible to play because the startup costs are huge. I mean, to kid a player out fully, really, it's anywhere between three hundred and fifty to five hundred euros between jerseys, pads, helmets. So that's something we looked at first off, where we thought, right, we're a small country town. How like if we start putting big roadblocks in the way of like you have to pay us a few hundred euros to join the club. It's not going to be, it's not going to be successful. So 
we did a lot of fundraising in our first year, a hell of a lot of fundraising, Kev, I'll tell you, tell you that. Um, I also, I, uh, I emailed 104 different American universities, uh, the athletic directors of 104 different American universities, seeing if any of them could help us out with excess gear, stuff they didn't need or want or anything like that. Um, I only got an answer from a couple, but the one bizarrely that helped us out be quite well known. In fact, they played in Ireland one year was Penn State. Oh, yeah. And they came back and they said, look, um, we can't uh, give you the gear because we're a state-owned college. But we do have um, a surplus store. And if you phone this guy and tell him you were speaking to me, I'll tell him you're going to call. He'll give you a deal. And uh, we, they did just an incredible deal for us Absolutely, for our first yeah. Our first 16 sets of shoulder pads. And the guy said, the guy told me, we've got 16 sets of pads. I said, we'll take them. He said, do you want to know what size they are? I said, I don't care. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't care. Just, just because a set of shoulder pads, a good, a good set of shoulder pads will cost 120 to 150 euro. Yeah. They gave us the 16 shoulder pads for $20 a set. Wow. And this is yeah. top quality gear. They as gave well us as, Nike game day yeah. pants for $5 a pair. So we took 40 of those. I remember the night we handed out the first sets of shoulder pads. We had a, a, a guy, a brilliant um, physical trainer on board at the time, Ivan Lynch, actually cousin of John's. Uh, he really whipped the guys into shape. But on that particular night, we were training up. It was a cold Wednesday night. Miserable we night. At, um, Southern Park and Gory. And he dressed up in a Santa Claus outfit. Now, and brought, uh, brought all he, the handed out, he handed out the pads uh, the shoulder pads to the guys and they put them on over their shirts, you know, just the, <laughs> the buzz that they got from putting those on. And in fact, I actually think, cause there were some photos of that made in the paper. Pretty, well, pretty really sure we put them up. Yeah. Really helped our recruitment drive. Well, it made people realize that we were an actual American football team because we had gear. We had yeah. this gear that is, you see in all the movies, all the TV programs, all, all TV, but all of a sudden it's in Gory, it's in Wexford these guys are kind of serious, you know? I suppose, speaking of a man who knew a lot about it, uh, Billy Anderson, you know, he seemed like a guy that was, that was, um, that would have been very pleased to know that she did that really this year um, and kind of got together as a group. Tell us a little bit more about Missing out on everything during lockdown, it was, it was tough. And then it was obviously coming up to Billy's one-year anniversary since, uh, uh, unfortunately, Billy passed away on the, in a, in a car crash on the way to the team bus for a match one day um, in end of May last year uh, so we wanted to really like it was always in the plans that we were going to do something every year and especially for his son Finley uh, obviously this year provided many many obstacles for that not to go ahead so at the same time we really really wanted to push something anything to, to fundraise which is where a guy on the team Trevor Smith one of the one of our players came up with the idea of this 24-hour relay so that we could social distance, you know, at least one person running at all times for 24 hours. And the novelty of it was we were doing it in our full kit just to make it a little bit harder. Unfortunately for the guys that went in the middle of the day, I think Billy would get enjoyment out of this one as well. It was probably the hottest day of the summer so far. So it was tough as hell. <laughs> and especially, we'd, like, a lot of guys have been out of training for, for, for this long during lockdown that, we then had to go out and run for an hour. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it was just to remember him the right way. And we launched our new jersey on the same day with, I suppose, a little shamrock to signify 
the Fighting Irish and yeah. and BA for Billy's initials on the jersey as well. It was just we really, really wanted to make that day a special day, but also do some good out of it and set up this fun for Finley that you know it's once once Finley becomes eighteen, there's a hope that he can use it to then go to college or travel the world or buy a car or whatever it is, but that we can support him somehow in the absence of Billy not being there, I suppose, and, and, and step up in his place and so far as we can, I suppose. That, that, that's the biggest thing for us. We left Gory at just about 10 past nine. Uh, we got a phone call at half past 10. We'd just gotten to the north side of Dublin up to Lusk and uh, we got the phone call and uh, letting us know that there had been a car crash and we thought that, you know, they thought that Billy had not made it through it. And we pulled over the bus and we made some calls and we talked and we cried and we hugged. And um, I got in touch with Craig Avon coaches and just said, look, you know, we're going to have to, we're going to have to postpone this game. Mm. In fairness, not just Craig Avon, but the entire league got behind yeah. it. Like the support was so unexpected. It was phenomenal. You know, teams that we'd never played guys we didn't know, uh, turned up, offered their help, did whatever they could, came to the funeral. Um, it was, it was, it was yeah. seriously inspirational, phenomenal. And I know it was a great source of comfort to Billy's dad who made it over for the funeral. One of the things, and John touched on this earlier about uh, the Eagles as a family, um, when, you're, when, you're, when you get that kind of news, you want to be with people who have your back and who you know will support you. And that's the Eagles to a T. Um, I've been involved in sport one way or another for about 60 years now. And I've never, ever worked with a group uh, like the Wexford Eagles. They're just an amazing bunch of guys. And they absolutely have each other's back. And it's not just words, it's deeds. You know, they, they back it up yeah. with their actions as much as with their words. I, I, I honestly feel that collectively the team were suffering from PTSD. And I, I don't mean that, you know, flippantly or, or you know, as in the way other than what it is, I, I actually think that the lads suffered from post-traumatic shock. Um, but um, I think that the fun run that we did for the Finley Fund um, was almost a, a cathartic experience. And I think it kind of, you know, shook off the chains and gave the guys the impetus and the momentum and the incentive to move forward now and get back to being the kind of team that Billy would have wanted us to be. They say, like, when you die, you die twice. Once when you actually die, and then once when people stop talking about you. Yes. I think for us, the biggest thing is to keep Billy there no matter what, which is where we've brought him on board in the jersey. His, his initials will forever be on our jerseys. When we go out there, we're absolutely we're representing ourselves, but we're definitely representing Billy too. And, and there, there is that big push and drive to kind of better ourselves. And I fill out a roster form before every game. It's a league requirement. And I have to list, obviously, the players uh, and the coaches. And I have already told the league that I, as long as I am connected with the Eagles, when I fill out that roster form, Billy Anderson will be listed mm. as one of the coaches. And, and that is the case. Every roster form I've filled out since last May 26th has had Billy's name on it. And don't forget, you can nominate your club for Club Focus next month. We're going to be 102103.com forward slash Club Focus. Sports Beat Extra. Beat 102. 
So we're delighted to be joined on the phone by Jonathan Holmes from Kilkenny Foot Golf. Um, Jonathan, a special day for you guys today. Um, Foot Golf Union of Ireland uh, coming to your course. Um, I suppose, look for people who, who might know a, a huge amount about the game. Um, you might explain us t- to us kind of what Foot Golf is and, and what are the big differences between that and uh, your regular game of golf. I just want to say thanks for bringing me on the show today, Kevin. Really appreciate it. Um, the big difference between golf and foot golf, they're actually very similar. So you start off with the tee markers and you play it into hole, each hole is a par. Uh, obviously the cup, the cup is a lot larger, so it's a two foot diameter, so four footballs can fit in at once. And you just get it into the hole as few shots as possible. Um, and the holes are quite a lot shorter because you can't kick a football two or three hundred yards. Obviously, so most of them are between 100 to 200 yards, so it's more fun. Takes about an hour to an hour and a half to play a game. Uh, a lot of families, kids, elderly. It's really for everybody. Whereas golf is quite a lot. Takes a lot longer to play, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and I suppose the costs as well in 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 golf. You're you're paying for clubs. You're paying for membership. You're paying for for special obviously the golf balls and everything else. Whereas foot foot golf, you can pretty much uh, turn up with even with your own football. Um, book it book a time in with E and and come down and and have a game. Oh, definitely. We encourage people to try bring their own balls. And even for a family of four, like during the week, it's 30 euros or 40 euros at the weekend. Um, but we definitely encourage people to bring their own football. They'll get a two euro discount, naturally. And there's no risk of losing it, really. It's not by the river or the trees. It gives everybody an opportunity to get out and get some exercise. And we're not time sensitive. So if somebody wants to come and take a break and go on and play their other holes, there's no problem that way. There's no dress code like you have on some of the golf courses and there's no membership. Today we have the Foot Golf Union of Ireland down for the competition and we're expecting somewhere in the region of 40 to 60 people but there's six stages to the tour this year and there's prizes at the end of it and the big thing they're pushing this year is they've got categories for seniors, uh, males, females and the top guys will be in the pro category and then there's an amateur section and they're also encouraging kids so today we have a couple of juveniles, male and female, coming out. And we're hoping for a couple of ladies. We we don't know if they're going to turn up or not, but it'll be the first time that uh, the Union of Football of Ireland have had females out in a competition, or juveniles. So really looking forward to today. It's really boosting the sport nationwide, and it uh, illustrates the courses throughout the country. Yeah, like I-, I said, today we're in Kilkenny, and the next time we're in Cork in a couple of weeks. And I suppose it it's it shows you that it's a great milestone for 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 the course as well in Kilkenny. Um, tell us a little bit about how that came about. Um, what what kind of work is needed to turn? Was it a kind of a, an old pitch and putt uh, course, or was it uh, just a kind of a just an open piece of land that you managed to to acquire? And uh, tell us a little bit about kind of what needs to go into kind of making a foot golf course, particularly a foot golf course. Um, well, see, originally it was uh, 18 holes of a golf course, and we changed it about six years ago to 18 holes of a foot golf course and 12 holes of golf, so they're not on top of each other, so there's no risk to it. But obviously it's like a golf course, but as I said, it's shorter holes. You're trying to get some holes, uh, some hills, and just to change it up a little bit. The maintenance on it is the same as the golf course. It's the same specification. We still cut with fairways and tees and greens and a little bit of rough. So the maintenance on our part is certainly to a similar standard, but the holes are shorter and uh, the way a golf green would be perfectly flat. On some of the foot golf, it's actually on a little bit of a slope to make it a little bit trickier to get it into the hole, just to add to it because you are kicking a bigger ball into a bigger hole. 
is a little bit easier, but we just like to uh, make it a little bit trickier for some, on some of the holes to make it more fun and enjoyable for the different people that are out and about. Um, tell us a little bit about kind of the 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 landscape now for foot golf. I, I think it's you know from a from something that started is relatively new sport. Um, we we're seeing courses pop up all over the country. It seems to be a very very popular thing to do. Um, it's a great like we know the country. You know, a big fan of pitch and putt. We love kind of the idea of something like that without maybe the commitment. So um, it looks like it's a kind of a very promising time for the game in in Ireland. Um, definitely. As I was speaking to a couple of the other course owners during the week, um, there's there was only eight or ten courses a couple of years ago. I think there's now 27 in the country. Uh, there isn't so many in the southeast now. There's one in Kilkenny and there's one in Blackwater, but up in Dublin and that, and there was a couple of others. There was one in Waterford recently, but that closed for different reasons. But it's definitely booming. And you can see different numbers. Like recently, we've been lucky to be open with COVID. We've had lots of restrictions that put in place. But there's people actually out playing football for an hour, hour and a half, enjoying a bit of sunshine and getting away again. But as you said, it's social, so if the weather's nice, they come along. There's no huge commitment to get out with their friends and play a few holes. So I think it is quite similar to pitch and putt that way. They're just getting out and playing a little bit, but they don't have the expense of the golf clubs or whatever else. We've got a website, it's com, and all our details are on that. Or they can find us on one of the Facebook pages, Kilkenny Foot Golf. Pocock Golf Centre or they can give us a ring on 056-77-75644 and they can just ring. We have time slots, quite a lot of availability. We have time slots due to COVID and ensuring social distancing. But groups are allowed up to a maximum site, six per group. But um, we're open every day of the week. I would be glad for anyone to come down and try it out. Kids, adults, even OIPs. We even had an 83rd birthday party out here last year. So everybody's welcome. Five counties, one big sports show. Sportsbeat Extra. And that's all from this week's Sportsbeat Extra. You can listen back to this or any other episode by visiting beat102103.com forward slash podcasts. Up next, however, is Trish. She's coming at you with Beat Anthems.